that ignites people to know that change is coming, you know, and so it gets a ripple effect. And so I think it's an unstoppable force that's happening now. And it's a slow force. And I, I feel like everybody that's in this space, if there's not a sense of once you see what's behind the curtain and once you start eating more plant-based and you start digging into the information around the correlation with the, you know, the environmental impact that animal consumption has and, you know, that animal farming has on the planet and, you know, from a health perspective and environmental perspective, like once you start understanding and seeing that information, you can't unsee it. And so it puts this kind of fire under our ass and the sense of urgency that if you're in the space and you don't have a sense of urgency, you're missing some information, you know, like it's uh, like we're all in the space and we're like, shit needs to happen today. I can't wait till tomorrow. This is why we eat and breathe and sleep this, 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 this focus and this vision and this mission. Hey guys, hope you're great out there in the world, wherever you are. It's great to see that the podcast is uh, spreading. I can see there's listeners in so many countries out there right now, all the way from India to the US to Argentina. And uh, yeah, it's great to see. Uh, I hope you uh, like what you hear. And I'd be uh, very pleased to to get some uh, feedback from you on what you want to have more on and, and perhaps less on as well. So um, you could just go into the, our website, replanetpodcast.com and submit your feedback. I'd be so happy to hear from you. In this episode, I sit down with Chad Sarno, co-founder of The Wicked Brands and one of the most passionate frontrunners I've ever come across in the transition to a more glo plant-based global food system. He is on a mission of health-inspired plant-based eating and education, and he's the co-founder of the plant-based seafood company, Good Catch Foods, which offers a line of seafood without sacrifice. He has also held the position as VP of plant-based education at the world's largest online culinary school. And internationally, he has launched and consulted on plant-based restaurant launches globally. In this episode, me and Chad discuss the rapid rise of alternatives to animal-based foods and the massive amounts of investments going into developing these alternatives. We also touch upon the aha moment that makes people care so much more of just about everything and which is probably also required for people to decide to change behavior. Chad also hands out some advice for aspiring founders aiming to disrupt the food and ag industries. And I think my personal favorite part of this episode is when Chad shares his view on kids and food. How we as parents could proactively prepare our kids to become ambassadors for the future of food, being mindful of which traditions and habits we pass on to them and how we involve them to make it easy, fun, and rewarding. So guys, hope you're ready for this. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Chad. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, you know, for, for someone who absolutely did not want to go plant-based a few years back uh, having to let go of my kebab my burgers my steaks uh, but in, in the end I, I really couldn't find a single argument for you know neither for the from a planet nor from a human health perspective i just love the quote that you get in your face when entering your website because it says 
healthy foods doesn't have to taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I mean, that's spot on, right? Yeah, it is. So, um, can you explain a little bit about how what what's the, the your background story and and the journey that led up to to having that quote on a on a website? I guess, I guess it's a long story, but <laughs> yeah, it is a, it is a long. There's a there's a lot to unpack behind that one quote. Um, yeah, so I I uh, we grew up in a big Italian family um, and and American Italian family, and so uh, you know food has always been the center of all the conversation and all the holidays and family gatherings and all that. Um, you know, grew up with amazing cooks. My mom, our mom being, you know, no, I say our, it's me, myself, and my brother in business. So, um, our mom being an incredible cook, and same thing with our grandma, our Italian grandma, always cooking, always good food around us. Um, so really, you know, brought that love to the forefront uh, of our of our childhood was was good food. Um, I had really bad asthma growing up, and I stopped eating dairy products at a young age, and it was the first time that. I was able to make the connection between the food I was consuming to my health uh, outcomes. And, and I was young at the time and it fueled a lot of anger in me uh, because I had suffered from asthma for so many years that I translated that, a, that, that anger to, um, to being just very, very focused on digging more into that information. So, so it fueled a lot of, uh, fueled my passion to know more. And so I dug into it and, uh, you know, went, went uh, non-dairy and then stopped eating seafood after that. I didn't, never really ate a lot of meat, um, but we grew up in, on the coast. So we ate a lot of seafood, a lot of dairy products, but I stopped eating dairy products and then seafood worked its way out soon after. Became vegan at a young age, a little over 20 years ago. Um, and, uh, and really, um, you know, that, that right there was a, uh, was a huge change in my life. And I wanted everybody, everybody to know about it. So I, I kind of preached a little bit for a number of years being vegan and of like, you know, because I was so blown away by the fact of having this like, you know, health journey myself, um, you know, and I just wanted to, you know, share my story with people. And so at the time it translated to preaching, <laughs> I was a very preachy vegan for a couple of years, but, um, but really I moved that I moved into more of the education piece um, so I, you know, I was doing a lot of personal chef work. I was working with restaurants to help them and restaurants have been my only job since growing up. So, um, um, so I, uh, moved into different, uh, different roles of working with restaurants that I knew of like adding a vegan venue item on their menu and kind of sharing what I knew and got into raw foods heavily for years. Um, and then found myself in just that education position. So, um, I started consulting, um, doing personal chefing and consulting. And then that later brought me over to Europe. I opened up a number of restaurants that were all plant-based high raw, but mostly, you know, um, you know, all vegan, but high raw, um, opened up in Istanbul and London and Munich. Um, and then, you know, soon after I opened up in, in Belgrade as well. Um, um, again, with the focus on plant-based and then I joined whole foods market here in the U S um, to head up their healthy eating program, um, which was, you know, plant-based focus, which was really, again, you know, utilizing that education piece. So it was, you know, teaching the consumer around choosing healthier options and um, launching some internal programs to, um, you know, essentially help lower healthcare costs for, for the company and, and kind of, kind of got in that world for a while. And that's when I teamed up with my brother, Derek, he joined uh, whole foods market. So I, we were translating this program 
I was translating it to the public and to consumers and, um, you know, the, the front of the house kind of thing uh, when it comes to uh, when it come, came to recipes and education piece. Um, and Derek was translating it to prepared foods. So uh, we're kind of doing it together there. Uh, I ended up leaving Whole Foods uh, working with a, a company called Ruby, R-O-U-X-B-E, which is an online culinary school, amazing online culinary school. I launched their plant based uh, plant-based certification course, which is a 200 hour course online, uh, which is amazing, still exists. They keep on, um, you know, updating it, which is a, a great program. So worked on that. And then, you know, by the time I was leaving there, Derek was leaving Whole Foods or I left Whole Foods and we knew that we, we needed to, um, you know, get in the CPG space, the whole consumer package goods space. And so, um, around that time, so kind of backing up a little bit to answer your question, um, we ended up, uh, working at Whole Foods and we worked with a lot of doctors. And, and so we had this whole philosophical way of cooking around health eating. It was choosing by ingredients, you know, use this, not that. Then we had doctors put on our team and they made it very complicated um, when it came to dietitians and nutritionists and doctors that were focused on, on food. And it made it really complicated and very unsustainable for a lot of folks to follow a, such a strict diet of no fat, no salt, no, no, uh, no sugar. Right. And so it was really difficult. Uh, vegan is difficult already, but, <laughs> um, uh, and so, and so we started our blog wicked healthy at the time as sort of a no brainer approach, common sense approach to healthy eating. And it was, you know, and it was right around that philosophy. <laughs> healthy food doesn't have to taste like shit. So, um, so, uh, so we started a blog and we started some consulting again, and, uh, we wrote a cookbook, the wicked healthy cookbook, and so that's kind of where, what fueled that, that, that line, which is a chapter in our book as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so following, uh, following uh, our, our stint at Whole Foods, we, we knew we wanted to get in the consumer package goods. At the same time, Tesco approached Derek uh, about the brand, about licensing the brand. And that was at the same time where we were looking at the white space of uh, plant-based seafood as well. So cool. So, so now you're on a mission to, to promote health inspired plant-based eating, I guess. And, and I'm personally quite well-versed in this, but, but for someone who has never heard of, of you, or perhaps don't even know anything about the, the health aspects of, uh, of food in general and, and, and very much not plant-based foods. Why, why is plant-based foods a, a good idea from a health perspective? I think, I mean, it's a, it's, everybody has different levers, uh, right. Of what, what's pull, what pulls them to make their dietary choices. Um, for me, it was health, um, because, uh, you know, dairy products have a direct correlation to asthma and to, you know, different, you know, mucus buildup in the body and all of that. So, it was, so I got introduced to it through a health perspective. Other people get introduced to it through environmental concern. I mean, the list goes on environmental concern. Uh, obviously, um, you know, there's so many, uh, so many uh, key attributes around health and, you know, eliminating processed foods one, but also eliminating animal products and the cholesterol that comes with it and all the top four diseases that are linked to, you know, uh, overconsumption of animal products. Um, you know, I mean, you, uh, you basically have, you know, the World Health Organization, you know, came out a few years back and basically said, stop eating, um, you know, processed meats, you know, because it causes is a direct correlation to cancer. And, you know, it's, uh, you never hear anybody, you know, um, there was a lot of backlash from the meat industry around that. Um, um, because there's a lot of lobbyists that support that. But, you never hear some, you never hear somebody from the lentil board 
arguing or or sponsoring those lobbyists, right? So so it's it's really it's it's a common sense approach to health and you know minimizing processed foods, minimizing or eliminating animal products. Um, I mean, I know so many people have had you know cardiovascular disease, you know diabetes, type two diabetes um, that completely reversed you know by going plant based. You know, um, one of the programs that we worked with at Whole Foods Market was one called the Immersion Program, and so we basically. We basically, it was self-identifying, but we, we, uh, we offered blood work for anybody who was with the company for six months or longer. And based on their blood work, if they didn't hit certain biometrics, they were uh, allowed to um, so, uh, attend this health immersion program, which is a week-long health immersion program. Um, for those who hit by a certain biometrics, they were able to get a different level discount card at the store, which is really cool. So you could get, you know, 30% off, 20% off, 25% off, that kind of thing, uh, based on your health biometrics. Um, so the ones that didn't hit those numbers were offered a program of that for them to sort of immerse themselves. So I ran the immersion programs when I was at Whole Foods, part of the, the healthy eating initiative and instilling wellness and creating ambassadors within the company. Um, and what was amazing was you would get these people that, that their numbers were incredibly high, whether it was cholesterol or, you know, they were on, you know, numerous medications or, um, their blood pressure was incredibly high. And after a week of eliminating processed foods, animal products and minimizing, you know, processed fats, um, there were, it was astronomical, the amount of cases that people were off their meds, you know, within five days, seven days, you know, and it, and it was crazy to see that. I mean, I'm a chef by trade. I'm, I don't claim to be a nutritionist. I don't claim to be a dietitian, but, but I mean, as a chef, I think that, you know, more and more people are looking at chefs as the key holders to health because they're inspiring people to get in the kitchen. They're inspiring people to, you know, you know, uh, make certain foods to make them feel better if they're not feeling well. Um, and at the end of the day, it's about arming yourself with culinary education to put yourself in the driver's seat of your own health, you know? So, um, you know, in cooking plants is the way to go. So, yeah, I'm often thinking about this, like we're, we're in the, uh, the, the value chain of the food industry. Will the, the real snowball effect really be ignited? Uh, do yeah. you think that will, that, that is with the, the restaurants and, and with chefs? I think with chefs, it's a, I think with chefs, it's a little, it's a little different because chefs are pretty stuck on, um, classical technique. Um, and if you're classically trained, I mean, this is a more old school chefs, right? I mean, still in, still in, uh, in a lot of culinary schools, um, they're teaching Escoffier technique, which is Escoffier is like old mother sauces and, you know, cream-based sauces. And this is how, you know, this is classic technique because that's how it was in certain cultures, which you need to certainly honor. There's a place to honor that technique, but the future of food certainly is not focused solely on animal products. The future of food is, is, is diversifying, you know, the plate and, you know, offering plants as a center of the plate. If you look at from a retail perspective and it, and it translates over to restaurant diners as well, but from a retail perspective, over 50%, 48%, something crazy like that. And the U.S. shoppers are actively seeking protein alternatives. So that means that they're in the meat section looking for something that is a protein alternative or around the store. Um, this is why, 
with the launch of Beyond Meat, they started selling in the meat department. And same thing with Impossible. They took that same uh, page out of the playbook and their sales, you know, you know, were 10, 10x, you know, in some stores because you have that sort of, I hate the term flexitarian because we're all flexitarian. Everybody's a flexitarian, right? Because not anybody just eats straight meat. And if they do, they're insane. Um, but they, uh, they uh, you know, the flexitarian shopper is shopping in the meat department and, you know, understanding that they want to, you know, they want a protein alternative for their family. If it's in front of them, they're going to buy it. You know, that 1% of shoppers is going to the vegan section. You know what I mean? So, you know, sales from a merchandising standpoint, it's been really smart for brands, but so you have almost 50% of shoppers actively seeking protein alternatives in the UK alone. I don't know how it is around uh, throughout Europe, but in the UK alone, it's over 75%, which is crazy. So it just shows you that that translation is getting picked up by brands, by investors, by animal ag companies. Um, and it's got to translate over to restaurants. I mean, there's got to be, a, I don't know the exact data around restaurant diners, but um, for, for a chef, I mean, being in the culinary world for 20 plus years, um, um, you know, if you're a chef and you're not on board with plant-based options, you're, you're far behind in my opinion, because that's where the diners are going. That's where consumers are going. That's where everything on this planet is pointing towards is consuming more plants. You know, it is the most sustainable way to eat. As we know, um, if you're going to sit there and eat processed food the entire time, you can still eat a vegan diet and eat like shit. Right. So, um, you know, if you're going to be focused on processed food, that's not sustainable, right? Um, a healthy, sustainable diet is focused on plants, plant, you know, um, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, grains, beans, all of that. Right. So, um, so, you know, as a chef, um, you know, it just gets so frustrating if you go to a restaurant and there's not ample plant-based options, it's just that you got to get, you know, chefs need to get with it. They need to jump on the boat or they're going to miss it. I mean, it's almost gone. You know what I mean? So if you look at, uh, if you look at like a lot of the animal ag companies and, you know, the Tysons, the Maple Leafs, the PHWs, like all of these major animal ag companies, they're investing in plant-based prote- proteins because they know that, you know, animal products is, is not a sustainable way to feed the planet. It is not, you know, and it's, uh, and they're going where the money is and they're going for their bottom line. Um, and they're all going in that direction. Every single one of those meat men, you know, uh, those, uh, animal ag companies have invested in plant-based op- options out there, you know, and you have Tyson and the CEO of Tyson and the CEO of Maple Leaf. Maple Leaf Foods is one of the largest pork exporters out of North America to, to Japan, one of the port largest uh, pig farmers. Um, and they, uh, they have a subsidiary called Greenleaf Foods, which they just purchased a couple of vegan brands. Um, but I sat with the CEO because they came in and they invested in Good Catch, one of my companies. Um, and he basically said, we are no longer a, a, uh, a pork company. We are a protein company. You know, they're focused on protein, which was revolutionary for them to say it. And Tyson CEO said the same thing. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's, it's the future of food. So it's, if people get on the bus or they're going to miss it, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm working with, uh, many of those big guys myself on, on, on strategy and business development, and you can really feel that there's this, this move going on. Uh, the question is how, how fast will they be in, yeah. in sort of, uh, abandoning their cash cows, which is a yeah. pretty funny yeah. word in this sense as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, they are going where the where the consumer is, though. I mean, consume, we all vote with our dollar. We vote with our we have we have three opportunities a day to vote with our fork. You know, you know, we choose with our fork. You know, and 
you know, and, and these, these manufacturers are, are seeing that that's the direction that consumers are going because people are becoming more, more educated. You know, there's so much more education and information out there at our fingertips. There's more conversations happening. You know, it's, uh, you know, even though it's just scratching the surface, it's going and it's not stopping, you know? So it's, it's certainly, you know, gone beyond, beyond a mega trend. It's, it's here. It's, it's, it's now it's, you know, now is the time. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we who are in this space and think about it both privately and professionally every single day can, can easily fool ourselves, I guess, to, to believe that things are moving faster than they actually do though. So because we stay up to date on these matters, we know when the next, when, when beyond has the next launch uh, of the next uh, meat substitute, or we know when McDonald's is deciding to add a plant-based burger to the menu or when yet another celebrity celebrity is going plant-based. But however, when, when me and my family lived in, in London last year, and you were walking the streets of, of London, you could, you know, you could really see the restaurants boosting and bragging about their plant-based dishes in the windows. It was not even the vegetarian dishes, it was the vegan dishes. And this was like every single restaurant. It was mind-blowing for me. Mm-hmm. You could really feel that there were things moving in the, in the right direction. But you having vast experience from helping to launch plant-based restaurants around the world, what's your take on this has an has an unstoppable movement been ignited for real i i think so i definitely think so and it goes back to um you know people are becoming more you know diners shoppers are becoming more educated you know in general there's so much information at our fingertips from you know social media to i mean how else would anybody else in the world know that you know 20 years ago we would never know that mcdonald's would have a vegan a vegan product and, you know, wherever it launched in Netherlands or whatever, wherever it was, you know, or there, there was that one, there's a vegan Burger King being tested, right? Where is that? It's some, it's somewhere in Europe. Um, but they, uh, one location, I mean, and that's in this space, if there's not a sense of what, once you see what's behind the curtain and once you start eating more plant-based and you start digging into the information around the correlation with, you know, the environmental impact that animal consumption has and, you know, that animal farming has on the planet and, you know, from a health perspective and environmental perspective, like once you start understanding and seeing that information, you can't unsee it. And so it puts this kind of fire under our ass and the sense of urgency that if you're in the space and you don't have a sense of urgency, you're missing some information, you know, like it's uh, like, we're all in the space and we're like, shit needs to happen today. I can't wait till tomorrow. This is why we push. This is why we eat and breathe and sleep this, 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 this focus and this vision and this mission. Um, and so many people are, are on that same path right now. Um, and it's only grown. Um, I mean, look at looking in the U S I mean, you know, look at, look at probably 15 years ago, non-dairy milk had maybe a 5% market share, you know, it's got like a 30 plus percent market share in the U S which is insane, you know? And so it is, it has caused a massive ripple effect and not the best way for the dairy industry. You know what I mean? And the meat industry is terrified, you know, because you have these large animal ag companies um, that are, uh, that are getting on board. And so you, you have these uh, you know um, these uh you know same thing with seafood i mean i'm in the seafood space with 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 good catch and and you either you know it's just like with restaurants i mean you either got to join them or uh or you're going to fall behind and we partnered with uh with with good catch as our plant-based seafood brand 
as soon as we launched, um, Bumblebee approaches, which is the largest tuna company in the US, canned tuna company. And they partnered with us as their distribution partner because they knew that they needed to get ahead of things, you know? And uh, they were seeing Tyson doing the same thing and Maple Leaf doing the same thing and Hormel doing the same thing. And so they were the first seafood company to get on board with plant-based options. So um, I think it is a, an unstoppable force and it's, it's, it's rippling through every, every sector, whether it's investment, whether it's CPG, whether it's restaurants, you know, all of that, you know, healthcare, all of it. Right. So. Yeah. My, my basic assumption is that people are, are probably more good than, than evil. <laughs> Most of my friends and colleagues are pretty well educated. They're smart people. Many of them have seen some of these well-known documentaries of, of the, like the, the impact of food and, uh, they know about the negative effects on both the planet and and, and uh, the health. And uh, many of them have kids. Still, it's a minority of them who have made a conscious choice, a decision to transition towards a predominantly, at least, plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. what, what's your take on why people are acting so irrational when it comes to this? Because it's, it's, um, it's way more people putting up you know, solar panels and buying an EV than people <laughs> turning uh, plant-based. Yeah, I think that everybody has their own barriers, um, you know. And I and I, it's if I hear someone else tell me that they're all on their they're on their own journey again, like it's gonna I'll crack. Like it, that's the excuse that people use, and you know, and it's the same flexitarian descriptor. Like you've been flexitarian since birth, everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we all eat plants, we all eat fruits, we all grew up on animal products for the most most changed shit. Yeah. And it's, and, and to call yourself a flexitarian is just a label of, you know, of just the standard diet. And, and there has to be some shifts, but everybody has those levers. I mean, people unfortunately look at diet similar to they do as religion or politics. And it's uh, in the U S politics is a big issue. As you know, there's a clear separation. Um, and it's, it's very similar with religion and people take, take it very, very personal. This is why if you're sitting around, like I never offer up the information that I'm vegan. I don't, you know, I, I did that for years and I don't do that anymore. If I'm sitting around and I'm having, where I'm at a dinner party or I'm, you know, have a big, you know, work event and we're sitting down ordering and I order all vegan, someone asked me a question. Yes, of course, I'm going to offer it up. I'm vegan and I'm, you know, I don't consume, you know, um, you know, milk, cheese, eggs, animal products. Um, um, immediately the response just by me saying that I don't eat animal products, they automatically are offended, you know, of like, oh, I could definitely not do that. I, 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 I need my cheese. I don't know how anybody could. And it's like, I don't, fucking, I don't fucking care. I didn't ask you what you can do, <laughs> what you can do. I just told you that I like to eat vegetables. Like it has nothing to do with you, dude. Step aside. Like, it, do you notice that? Like, even if you just offer up that you're plant-based people immediately get offended. And, and, and act in defense of like, oh, I, I can't do that. So people have that. I, I think that there needs to be an aha moment. And, and for, for me, it was health, right? It was the direct correlation between dairy products and my personal health. Other people that I know had to watch a film. Like there's a trigger that triggers for some, some people, you know, um, they had to watch a film and they need to see that, you know, the grotesque scenes that go behind, go on behind the scenes, the slaughterhouses, um, or it's environmental push, you know, um, a true environment if you're a true environmentalist i mean i don't you can't eat animal products because you're not a real environmentalist in my opinion and it's uh yeah it's uh 
so I, I do think that there's, everybody has their own aha moment. And, and, uh, until then you will use every excuse possible to protect your religion of diet, you know, and, and people look at it as, as a, you know, vegan being the same thing, you know, it's a very, it is a, it, it, you know, we live it, you know what I mean? It's not just, I eat plants and then I'm done the rest of the day. I'm an asshole. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I've created this incredible, you know, by going vegan, it's, it's really sparked, um, a lot of compassion for all areas of life, for the environment, for all living things, for, you know, I've noticed how much I care about things more about people, more about, you know, animals, more, mostly animals, (laughs) more than people, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lifestyle and it is, it is something that we all take very personal and, and, uh, we have that sense of urgency that everybody should be doing this, but you know what, at the end of the day, it's everybody is, uh, is going to have their own aha moment. And that's, uh, whatever that may be. And some people have to get pushed up against wall because it's a, a health challenge, you know? No, I can just echo that. Um, I, uh, I usually don't tell people, but I, but if they ask, I, I, I give them the story obviously of why. <laughs> and, um, Quite often, if you, at least when you take it from the uh, sort of environmental perspective, you, um, you just get pushback because I'm still taking the occasional flight or uh, whatever. So, and those people, and then they start finger pointing. So, and they would probably be more, more satisfied if I would still fly and eat meats <laughs> than if mm-hmm. I turned plant-based <laughs> because it's some, somehow it's offending people. And I, I, I really don't know why, but I guess it's a sort of a defense mechanism. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. So, um, you're, um, you know, you this this mission you're on has has led you to write books and and start uh, companies and um, the Good Catch being one of them and, and the Wicked Imperium, uh, the Wicked Brands being uh, one. Can you tell us a little bit about those exciting ventures of yours? Yeah, certainly. So when I was sharing my story, it, it ended up. I was with a educa- online education company, culinary education company, and Derek was just leaving Whole Foods. So at that time, we knew that we needed to get in the CPG space, which is a consumer package goods space. Um, and we, you know, everything that has driven my work and my brother's work over the years has been impact opportunity. And so where can we have the greatest impact with what we're doing? And, and everything that we're doing is, you know, it's you know, it's mission driven. I mean, we want to make, we want to do good. You know, we want to be able to provide food so that people don't have to reach for an animal product, you know, and I did that with restaurants. We were doing that with a retailer. We're doing that with online education and the way to make a larger impact. um, It was just a natural progression of launching products, you know, on a global market. And so we, uh, we were putting that out there. We were kind of mapping out what Wicked was going to do. Um, and then we had a couple ideas. Uh, the one of them was we grew up in New England. Um, we saw, you know, seafood was very close to our diet growing up. Um, and so uh, um, also knowing the flip side of it, the environmental impact uh, in the oceans of the oceans around commercial fisheries and the factories out at sea and, um, you know, the the sharp decline in, in, in fish stocks and, um, you know, understanding all the information that's now part of a, a larger conversation around bycatch. I mean, 40% of every commercial fishing catch is bycatch. If you're, you're fishing for tuna, that means if you're fishing for tuna, 
40% of it is unintentionally caught sea life, which is killed in the process. And it's, uh, it's insane, you know, and the numbers and, uh, you know, Seaspiracy came out and it just, re, you know, there's a, they touch on, it could be five movies, you know, and they touch on so much information, but um, I think it started a conversation. So we knew that there, we know the founders of Beyond and Impossible and all those, you know, sort of legacy brands that are out there. Um, but there wasn't really any in the seafood space. And so we were close with a number of investors, impact investors, and uh, our business partner, Chris Kerr, he runs uh, Enovis Partners. And also he ran uh, New Crop Capital, which is part of GFI, Good Food Institute, um, was anyways. Um, and uh, and we we're talking with him about investment and we're looking at defining the white space, which is seafood. And then what type of seafood would have the greatest impact to launch and shake up the industry the most is, is fin fish. So tuna and salmon being the two that are, are the most largely uh, tuna and white fish anyways, um, most consumed globally. And so we started out by creating a product that we knew the bar was set very high with the beyond and the impossibles. Um, so texture we worked on for the first probably year and a half, we got some great investment. We raised a series a, um, so with all impact investors, so all of our early investors were all investors that focus on, uh, the plant-based space, Unovus, one of them, they have about 30 brands in their portfolio and their whole focus is only investing in companies that disrupt animal agriculture. So, uh, we were all for that, bringing them on and, and partnering up together and we developed a product and fast forward, Fast forward four plus years now, we're, we're in stores, we're in about 10,000 stores. We have nine products on market, launch food service. We have our factory in Ohio. Um, we're we're um, throughout Europe, we're in Canada, US. Um, we're over in Singapore with our, our plant-based seafood items. So we have frozen items, we have a plant-based tuna, uh, we have frozen fish cakes and burgers and fish sticks and breaded fillets and all that kind of stuff. So. So that's going real well. And then the other side of it is right around the time that we were starting Good Catch, Tesco had approached us about the Wicked Healthy brand, which was just a blog at the time and some book, uh, our book, cookbook and consulting, but um, definitely had a lot of uh, a lot of followers on, on the social channels and all that. And so they approached us to, uh, to do a food line. So Derek focused on that and he moved over to the UK to join Tesco to launch the plant-based, uh, plant-based brand. Um, licensed by Tesco, which is our brand. And we knew that this is going to be more of a global play. And this was the first step. So we launched uh, uh, Tesco being, um, you know, one of the largest uh, retailers globally, but particularly in the UK, um, they put their stake in the ground and we launched 20 ready to eat vegan items with them um, in 2018, I think. 17, something like that. Um, so basically we, uh, we launched 20 items with them. Uh, and they had a fruit cup and a falafel sandwich before that, right? So we launched 20 items. It was on our embargo. As soon as we launched, it caused a ripple effect in the retail industry. So where Sainsbury's launched 10, like four or six months later, and then M&S launched, and then uh, Waitrose launched, and they all started launching their own vegan lines, which is amazing. And by that time, we had doubled the line. So uh, fast forward with that brand, you know, four plus years, we have 140 products in store in Tesco that are all vegan under our, under our brand. Uh, we started uh, it as a global place. We started Wicked Kitchen Global, which is we have an amazing team based here in the U.S. and in, the, in Europe. And we just launched in the U.S. in uh, in uh, in July. We launched 25 products and 2,500 stores. Um, uh, yeah, and it's going incredible. Um, but we have a, a huge innovation pipeline thanks to my brother and the Tesco team. Um, 
we've just taken that on a global level. Um, um, yeah, so we got good catch and we have wicked that are just, uh, doing, doing really well. And again, every meal, uh, consumed with either one of those brands, a meal without animal products. And that's the goal. So, yeah, that's beautiful. You even won the, uh, the world food innovation awards for the best food concept I, I saw this year. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, uh, with, uh, with wicked and good, which one with, uh, with a, a, a good catch. I think yeah good, good catch with ubs yeah we just yeah. we just uh we're we have a press release coming out about that so ubs global bank money management company as we all know um they chose us as the uh, global innovators which is amazing so yeah, yeah cool we got a global innovation award yeah very exciting so, it's exciting uh, to get recognized for that work you know i mean because at the end of the day it's uh the more people that recognize that work and that see it and it's not about me it's not about my brother it's about the work and it's about you know the the the, the urgency that this needs to be out there, you know, and the more that we can get animal free options on the menus, you know, the more choice that we have. And, you know, it's all about choice. That's all. That's all. People don't need to, you know, look at it as anything else except choice. Consumers are demanding it. Put the choice on the menu, you know? Yeah. And another thing I, I love about this, I think it's beyond or, or impossible who has said it, that we're not really competing in this space, but we're trying to help each other to build the market because we need many 100%. players. 100%. Do, you, uh, do you have any advice for, uh, for uh, new founders uh, trying to uh, disrupt the food or uh, ag industry? Yeah, I think getting into, so one of the things that we did is we knew that we had seed money, which was all plant-based um, investors. But going into Series A, our Series A, we had we had PHW. Uh, PHW is one of the largest poultry companies in Germany and parts of Europe. Um, um, that they you know sell more chickens than most uh, most uh, uh, animal company animal focused companies. Um, we we knew we needed to partner with Strategics. So partnering with Strategics is is very important, and you know getting. Getting some investors involved that are impact investors in the early days will uh, will really, um, you know, uh, carve out the the values of the brand early, you know, and 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 carve out that story. So, people that believe in you, believe in the mission, believe in the impact, it will always be driven by impact. It'll always be driven by mission and why you're doing it, which is amazing. And so we have some incredible support behind us. But going into Series A, going to B, and we just raised B2, um, strategics are essential. You know, um, we brought in Greenleaf, which is maple leaf, um, which is animal ag out of Canada, as I mentioned. We brought in uh, General Mills. They're invested in it, you know, they're um, and bringing in these strategics. And, you know, with Wicked, we have uh, we brought in Kroger. Kroger is an investor, which is our, our retail partner. Their venture arm is, is uh, part of our part of our uh, cap table with Wicked. And it's partnering with these strategics that can help you grow. You know, um, when we were opening up our plant, um, our Bumblebee partnership and our General Mills partnership was incredibly valuable because we investors want to help their brands that they put money into, right? They only want them to be successful. So, um, so they offered up their teams, their resources to help us build our plant, you know, and, and get the know-how when it comes to process validation and all that. So um, distribution, same thing with Bumblebee. They kind of put us on that path of national distribution, you know, um, um, kind of they help you leave that nest sort of thing. Because I think that a lot of people in the plant-based world and particularly founders, I mean, you got to surround yourself with people that know far more than you do in order to be successful. And, and I think that that's the, that's a huge step right there is, 
is hiring and bringing in people into your brand and into an, that can offer that can offer that that uh, that knowledge that you don't have, you know. Um, so so that's been I think that that'd be probably the best advice is going into the investment rounds is make sure that you know making sure that you are looking at strategics uh, as well um, and how that looks. And that strategic can be through distribution or manufacturing or um, supply chain or whatever. So mm. yeah, super interesting. Thanks. And uh, <clears throat> I think, Chad, the last question I have for you, which I'm super curious about is because I, I do have kids myself and, and you do those kids uh, cooking classes. Um, I'm really curious about, uh, about that because I've been thinking a lot about how we as parents have the chance to raise our kids uh, differently than, we, than how we perhaps were raised. Uh, and since a lot of what we cook and how we cook it is just based on habits, there's this phenomenal opportunity to, to hack those habits and instill some new ones in our kids, preparing them for the future to come, right? So tell me a little bit about those kids' cooking classes and, and the reasons behind why you yeah. did it. Yeah, so I have, uh, I have a 16-year-old, which is a little more difficult these days, but, um, but she's amazing. Um, and she was raised, you know, uh, vegetarian, mostly vegan. Um, and, uh, and I also have a five-year-old and almost a two-year-old. So those little, those little ones are so impressionable and what, you know, and I've been so set on teaching my boys, you know, basically from seed to plate of showing them the process of food. And it's been, because it's a passion of mine I want them to be part of it, you know? And so, so, you know, growing food, showing, you know, picking out the seeds, showing the whole process of, I mean, even if it's, even if you're in a condo or, uh, or an apartment, like having a little, having a little, um, you know, balcony garden, like it doesn't matter. You don't need to have property to have gardens. Right. So um, just, you know, the connection between growing food and them trying food is amazing. And being able to see that with my five-year-old in particular, um, who I did all the, uh, the, the, most of those videos with, he just had so much passion for it because he saw my passion. He saw it was real. I wasn't pretending to do something, right? I was just showing him what I was excited about. And in turn, he got excited about it. And so showing that process of growing every day, we'd water, we'd see flowers happening on the, on the vegetable plants or fruits. And then and those flowers would turn into something, then they'd ripen and then we'd pick it right there and try it. Um, excess, we'd bring inside and we'd prepare it together. And so that whole process with him, I mean, granted, it's a privileged process because I'm able to have a garden and I, it's, I understand that a lot of people don't have that, but them seeing that process and understanding where food comes from is so important when it comes to exploring food, you know? And so because he's in the kitchen with me all the time, I did those videos because I just wanted to share it with other kids. Um, we would have his friends come over and we'd all cook with the kids. And um, uh, it's just, you know, if you have the patience to do it, it's, uh, and the time to do it, uh, cooking with the kids and getting them in the kitchen to actually explore new foods and trying along the way and why you're adding certain things and why you're cooking certain things the way you are. And, um, and then that starts a conversation and, you know, of like, you know, and, and, and it makes him feel proud about his diet and what he eats and what he consumes so that he can then explain it to his friends, because if he's going to school with a vegan meal um, um, and he, any kids ask, he can explain a little bit, you know, of like he loves vegetables or he loves this or that, or, you know, these are, these, this is good protein. This isn't, you know, and, and so um, the, the key is just getting him involved in that, that class series, which we put on YouTube, the wicked healthy YouTube channel um, 
is great. We brought in a ton of kids. We wanted to, uh, show that, you know, with some patience and, uh, and, uh, and a little bit of time, you know, kids are, are great helpers in the kitchen. It's a great way to raise them as well, you know, getting them started. So, uh, cool way to prepare them for, for the future. I guess that's yeah, the, yeah. one thing me, me and my wife are struggling with. That's like, is, are they going to be the outsiders and how will they handle that? Or, yeah. uh, will, will most kids when they start my, my oldest one is just uh, three years old. So when, when he starts school, perhaps most of them will be plant-based. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, and it's about also them just having that understanding and, and, and confidence in themselves of like, of like, obviously it's young to ask of a kid to have confidence when they're that young, but like of just what they're eating, if they enjoy something, it's just food. Like they're so pure and so innocent at that age that food's food. If, if little Joey's eating a ham and cheese sandwich and my little boy's eating, you know, a, a soup or, or whatever he's eating, then as long as he's comfortable, he's not going to, they're too young to judge. You know what I mean? I mean, we've been so conditioned that there's, there's this or that in their eyes, this is what it is. Like, this is food, this is good food. And if they enjoy it, then, then they're confident in what they're, what they're, what they're eating and you know, what they're surrounding themselves with. So, yeah. Chad, uh, thanks a lot for uh, sharing all your wisdom and also the, uh, the advice for uh, more people and founders to, to go into this space and trying to uh, co-disrupt this together with you. I'm um, really looking forward to see how the, the future of food unfolds. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jacob. Thanks for inviting me on and great, great having a chat. Mm-hmm.